The Oakland Park Friday, January 26th edition of the Notorious OTV on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. 15% off everything when you use the promo code PLAYOFFS. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And folks, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I got my Cuban links on. Yes, Cuban B. And I'm your host, Chase Essams, the Wolf of Oakland. I got ice all over my body, looking like a snowman. Big rocks in the grill, dancing like a slow jam. My chain's so heavy, I'm walking like an old man. Try me, you. And my guest today came up hard in Detroit in the Eight Mile neighborhood. Uh, came to prominence as a freestyle rapper and rap. Ba- Hold on, let me check my notes real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Oh shit! No, it's just Matthew DeSantis. It's Matthew DeSantis, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew DeSantis, welcome to the show. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I'm gonna try not to lose myself, but uh, yeah, I'm thrilled to uh, thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be back on. It's been a it's been a minute. <laughs> um been a minute uh mom's spaghetti isn't all over my shirt or anything like that so we're, we're good and uh uh excited to uh talk some horse racing with you man and just talk life it's been a minute since we saw each other yeah you know but the the i i understand the why the sacrifice why i can't have you around all the time it's because you're doing such great stuff with naira bets you're doing these great videos great track stat stuff that i absolutely love and i'm more than happy to to retweet out to to my public uh even though your public dwarfs my public and uh you know it's uh you're, you're doing some good work up there you've been staying busy i assume staying very busy um uh, obviously a lot going on um uh, you know we're excited about the you know the belmont stakes schedule just came out which is going to be taking place in saratoga so that's really exciting uh, and, uh, you know, things are starting to heat up again in New York a little bit. We got the withers coming up in a couple weeks or in, yeah, in a couple weeks. And then, um, you know, the Derby prep trail is kind of all aboard, you know what I mean? And, and we got Pegasus this weekend. So it feels like there was that little doldrum that always is in the racing schedule after the breeders cup, it takes, you know, a month or two to kind of feel like you're getting back in the swing of things. But all of a sudden you start looking ahead in the calendar and you're like, man, there aren't many open weekends between now and, and the end of the triple crown season. So it, it you know, w- without some huge races with some big implications. So it's uh, exciting times. Well, didn't we with the, the, you know, because Oakland had to cancel and move the Southwest stakes, don't we have like a super, like the equivalent of super Tuesday essentially with, with prep races. That is correct. We got four, if I'm not mistaken, we got the Southwest, we got the withers, we have the Holy bull. Uh, and do we have the Sam F Davis? Maybe I, um, I, I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, Robert uh, B Lewis. Robert B. Lewis. Thank you very much. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it, that, that's crazy that we have four of those preps on the same day and, and talk about providing a lot of clarity uh, potentially into the Derby picture. Uh, and we'll obviously see the return of fierceness in all likelihood in that Holy Bull. Uh, yep. and, and so it's going to be, you know, going to be real exciting. And, you know, and, and then we'll also get some more clarity here in about 
you know, four or five days because that's going to be the deadline by which the California owners have to transfer their horses to a Kentucky Derby eligible trainer if they wish to uh, garner uh, Kentucky Derby points. So there could be a lot of moving and shaking of big time horses uh, in the next couple of days out in California, away from the Baffert barn and presumably to people like Tim Yachtin, uh, maybe, you know, Michael McCarthy or, or a couple of others. But uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, derby politics going on in the last week. Ah, uh, yes. The rights of spring when the Bafferts become Baftines and Yak Tafferts, uh, as yeah. I like to say, it's uh, a way I got to ask, uh, since you, since you bring it up, what do you think of the, what do you think of the, uh, Bob pulling off the, the litigation dogs and, uh, I guess waving the white flag. Yeah. I mean, it, it I, I wish he had done it sooner. Uh, it felt very unnecessary. I mean, from a legal standpoint, I mean, I, I, my dad's a lawyer. My grandfather's a lawyer. I, you know, I, I can't claim I stayed at a holiday and express last night. You know, I like, I don't necessarily know all about the law, but, I knew enough about the law to know that a year ago, this thing was dead in the water. Uh, they had kind of exhausted all their legal uh, pathways uh, to overturn anything. And it just felt like both sides just getting entrenched. And, you know, I, it's, it feels very strategic for him to make that statement a week before this self-imposed deadline that Churchill put on. Yep. Uh, I have a hard time thinking that Churchill is going to reverse course in the next four days. Uh, to go, oh, you know something, live and let live, and we'll we'll let you have a horse entered in the 150th Kentucky Derby. That also feels very intentional on their part that they want nothing to do with Bob Baffert for this very historic uh, Kentucky Derby running. Um, but I think it opens the door for him to be back next year, and I yeah. think that uh, is kind of the way that I would interpret that. And uh, you know, I. I it's hard. To, I'm not sure if there's been a a situation in racing in which the public opinion of both sides just has been plummeting. Right. Right. I mean, nobody is thrilled about Baffert and nobody's thrilled about Churchill Downs. And so it's just like these two people who really have negative approval ratings uh, just yelling at each other and getting into, pardon my language, like a pissing match. And it's not benefiting the sport and it's not benefiting anyone really. And it's just a clash of egos. So hopefully that's, uh, you know, a, it, the sort of olive branch that Bob can have offer at this point and, and they'll, we'll move on from here eventually. Yeah. Well, speaking of olive branches, what are we going to be talking about today? Look at that smooth transition. Uh, I got Matthew here. I'm, I'm jonesing for some Oakland park because we had to cancel because of weather last week. So uh, with that in mind, uh, I we're we're gonna look at Oakland's first card that they're gonna have after this winter pause, essentially. Uh, the Friday, this Friday, twenty sixth of January, Year of Our Lord, twenty twenty four, not twenty twenty three, like I wrote on my outline. And what we're gonna do, we're gonna give you top picks and value picks for each race on this ten race card. Uh, so yeah, every single race at Oakland, we're gonna take a look. Uh, post time for this one's gonna be one thirty Eastern, twelve thirty God's time, ten thirty out in the specific time zone. Um. What did you think of this card? I mean, salty as always, right? Salty as always, big fields. Um, I liked it, and and I say that because I think it was really easy to find value. Uh, I think there's plenty of value opportunities. I think there are plenty of vulnerable morning line favorites. Um, 
And I think that, you know, obviously the conditions are going to have a little bit of an impact as well as there's going to be a lot of rain uh, Thursday. And so even though Friday looks clear or at least cloudy and, and no rain, um, you know, you'd imagine the track is drying out a little bit. Uh, and that's something you mentioned, the stuff I do with Naira Betts on track stats. That's something I sent to you earlier today. And one of the things I looked at was what's the winning trips when it's a dry, fast track as opposed to a wet track, which is good, muddy, or sloppy. Uh, and it's interesting because, you know, we chatted about this briefly offline, but really closers are doing significantly better over a wet track. And when I say closers, horses sitting more than three lengths off the pace at the half mile mark are doing much better over a wet track than they are over a dry track. So, you know, I try to take that into consideration when handicapping. And of course, always wanting to look at how do horses just handle wet conditions in general and, and kind of having those horses elevated a little bit in, in the handicapping process. Yeah, that's pretty, you know, I, I'm always kind of at a loss for how do I handle looking at this wet track this far out in advance. And what I've finally started doing, cause you know, I have a very, like I'm very process driven and that process is, you know, throw out the speed figures for the conditions that aren't going to match what I, what I, you know, know that they're going to be on the day that we race. Well, now I find that I have to pretty much, I can only throw out like wrong surface and I can only throw out trouble trips because I have to take just like a holistic view and get like a, you know, a holistic uh, speed figure essentially with how I do it with, between a fast track of, a, 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 you know, muddy good and everything else, not accounting for, for trouble and everything. It's, it's tough. It's tough to do looking this far out. So everyone feels sorry for us because what we do is hard, but we will. It's extremely, it's extremely difficult people. God, do you know how hard my fucking life is? My God. Um, Moving on. Real quick, before we jump into these races, I've got to get a quick word in from our good friends at Underdog Fantasy, who Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college football, college basketball. Listen, simply pick higher or lower with some of your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win 100 times with some spicy plays. My favorite underdog pick for today's show Listen, I'm the unders taker. When I hit my unders, you put on my, my carry unders wood. So I'm going lower on everything. Everything lower. Take it to the lower level, Holmes. That's what I always say. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy. Promo code S to the G to the P to the end. And let me get a little rehydration interlude in real quick. Oh, the life and times of Sean Carter. Matthew, the life and times of Sean Carter. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about race one. We're going to give you a top pick. We're going to give you a value pick for each race. First one, I mean, they brought out the big guns for this first race. It's six furlongs. It's 125. No, wait, 12 and a half thousand. Maiden claimer on the dirt. All these races, of course, will be on the dirt. And uh, Matthew, since you're the guest, I'll go ahead. I'll let you lead this lead off and I'll take the next one. 
Yeah, so I will uh, actually, you know, it's funny. This is the race that I went kind of chalky with my top pick. Uh, and so I went with the number four memes, seven to five for Kevin Martin coming out of Phil D'Amato barn, making his first start in Oaklawn Park. You know, from a speed figure standpoint, this horse kind of towers above everyone else in the field. And I actually like the fact that this horse has gotten two local workouts over a muddy track. Uh, so this horse has gotten used to running in the conditions that it's going to have to run in on Saturday or on Friday, I should say. Uh, you know, this horse has a, some versatility, can do six, six and a half, a mile. Uh, I, I like that this horse is uh, at that six for a long distance. I think this horse just makes a lot of sense in this spot, has good speed, but doesn't need the lead, uh, can sit more of a tracking trip. And so I went with that as my top pick. And I should also point out that we talk all about these huge prices and how uh, Oaklawn really is the track to play if you want to try to beat the chalk. Interestingly enough, maiden claiming races at Oaklawn, 53% of favorites are winning maiden claiming races at Oaklawn during this meet. So it's it's literally the only kind of chalky classification uh, that they're running, but it's it's quite fascinating to see that. There's been a significant number of them. So that's my uh, top pick. And then for my value play, I like the number 10 Dalton's Retro, uh, 12 to 1, taking the blinkers off for Tom Swearingen. And this is one who ran, I thought, a really nice third last time out at this level, second back from a pretty significant layoff, should see another step forward. And uh, again, is a horse that will sit more of a tracking trip. Uh, and we'll be sitting a little off the pace, which I think is going to be beneficial given the conditions. So uh, the four is my top pick and the 10 is my value play. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm kicking it off with my top pick, the nine Shady Daredevil at seven to yep. two. Uh, massive drop in class here for this horse. Uh, you know how I accidentally said $125,000 earlier? Like, I think maybe they accidentally entered this horse in a $100,000 maiden claimer. Uh, originally because we we've dropped in class quite a bit uh here uh down to 12 and a half from a hundred thousand yes this is a suspicious drop in class. i almost said that like i say specific like the specific ocean it's a suspicious drop in class but remember just because the connections are dumping a horse doesn't mean it's not the best horse in the race there are a lot of horses here who have had too many chances to break their maiden and are therefore dead to me uh, you go winless in 10, you're dead to me unless there's a pace or just a perfect setup for you that, that you know I see as an extenuating circumstance. So I'm on this nine shady daredevil taking the massive drop. Uh, you, you know, they had trouble last time, and the trouble was in the form of just a, an insane duel at Ellis Park, uh, where you got to figure everyone was dueling because it's Ellis Park. But Norm Cassie does really well with shippers hitting at 18%, and he also moving these horses down two plus classes, it's a really small sample size. But I mean, someone who's hitting at, at two for five, uh, going down, going down two classes, that's that's still worth worth noting. And uh, for my value pick, look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Yeah, the, the 10 with Dalton's retro with with my girl C dash up. I'm not going to get too deep into it because uh, Matthew pretty much read every well, said everything that was in my notes. So uh, we can we can go ahead and move on. Uh Moving on to race two, eight and a half furlongs, $20,000 claiming. All right. My top pick here, I want the six busy legs at 10 to one. If you subscribe to the Kieran speed points and the concept of the pace pressure gauge where you're taking the Kieran speed points and it's a number that's like all the numbers above five by how many single run styles above five there are. 
it, it's something I used to use quite a bit that I'm trying to get back to. Well, if you look at that, did you think this is likely a paceless race and one on the front end? And that's kind of what I thought with busy legs was that, uh, you know, busy legs should have Stuart Shea tell Joseph Belmere to send on this one. And if the pace is slow, as I anticipate, then look out for busy legs to, to take the field from gate pop to clock stop here. Uh, and it's really hard to come up with a value pick when you come with a 10 to one, but that's just the baller ass life that I live. So my value pick is going to be the eight, get back Goldie at 12 to one has a history of sending and flashing a little speed coming off the all weather at Turfway last out, which really, you know, didn't really suit this run style when you think of how Turfway typically plays. And uh, first off, the uh, all weather is most definitely a dirty little pig little boy. Little pig boy. <laughs> Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets the stand up. Matthew, did I mention to you that there are, are now dirty little pig boy shirts available in the SGPN merch store? It's hot, buddy. It's hot. Drop it like it's hot. hot. It is. There, why don't you drop some knowledge uh, for these busters and let us know who you're going with in race two? Well, let's start with your val- with your top pick because that was my value selection, number six. Um, look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? So, you know, what I like about this horse is, A, the, the, the class drop, obviously. I mean, going from, you know, pretty significant allowance races to, you know, dropping into, you know, claiming 20 company. So you're getting that class relief. And if you notice, this horse has struggled the last two times out of the gate, you know, had really kind of was off slow. And, you know, without looking at all of the horses replays throughout its career, it's never really had those issues before other than the last two times out at Oaklawn. So it makes me wonder, is it just take a while to get acclimated? You know, it, and, and you can figure, you know, geez, if it happens three times in a row, that would seem really fluky. Um, so if this horse, you know, gets a good post position and post position six, and you figure this horse gets away a little bit better, is positioned a little bit better early, um, and is able to use, like you said, that speed that that horse has shown throughout most of its careers on the dirt. I, I think this is a horse at 10 to 1. If you get 10 to 1, that'd be great. I, I think this horse might take a little bit of money. Um, my top play in this one was number three, because you can't have a podcast about Oaklawn without talking about Robertino Diodoro. And so uh, the three Motown music is also taking a pretty significant class drop as well, going from that uh, allowance 140,000 down to a claiming 20. Uh, And, you know, this is a horse that, you know, has run in the claiming circuits before and generally runs well, Uh, you know, has been very consistent for Diodoro the last three times out in terms of, you know, the Spire speed figures have been right there, you know, low to mid seventies every time out. So the horse kind of runs its race uh, and, you know, obviously stepped up, you know, from Remington to Oaklawn last time out. And that uh, that allowance level was just a little too much, but I think he fits pretty well uh, in this level of a race. I like it. I do like it. And plus, I mean, listen, if Christian, I'm just going to say before we even get into the other races, if Christian Torres has a great day, I have a great day. So if you want to, <laughs> if that kicks it off, I'm all for it. I'm all for Motown music. If it gets him. In, I, it gets I, so the way you think about Christian Torres is the way I think about Kendrick Carmouche up here at Aqueduct. Like if Kendrick has a good day, I have a good day. And that's- <laughs> I, I always love Breeders Cup weekend because I always call it uh Kendrick Carmouche appreciation weekend at Aqueduct where he just totally. wins everything that's not nailed down. Cleans up. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, man. All right. Let's uh, hit our next race. Race three, eight and a half furlongs, twelve and a half thousand dollar non-winners of two lifetime claiming. 
Uh, that's the conditions I do read because I know what it means just by looking at it. Uh, right, Matthew. Where are we yeah, going? So, yeah, I ended up going on uh, the number eight. Uh, Levy is my top choice at four to one for Ron Moquette. Coming off of a little bit of a layoff, uh, last ran in October. But I, I think this horse, uh, you know, has run well, has run competitively. You know, yes, it's one for 17, but it's seven for 17 in the money. Uh, and if you look in particular, those last, you know, three races finished second each time, but not in a way that it would indicate the horse was a hanger. Really had two runaway winners uh, the previous two races at Keeneland and Churchill. So um, I just think, you know, Moquette's a trainer that I tend to like down there. Uh, a little bit in the circuit, you get Barano up, and this is a horse that has some nice late speed in a race that looks like it might have a pretty strong pace. So um, I uh, I ultimately went to the seven as my top choice, and then my value play was right next door uh, with uh, the aforementioned Christian Torres aboard the number seven, heir to greatness, eight to one for Carl Broberg. Um, this is a horse that is, you know, has done some decent running on a sloppy track, but. Uh, just, you know, didn't really get the right trip last time out and was it just, you know, but took a lot of money. And that's something that I do pay attention to uh, at Oakland, the source that went off as the favorite. Uh, and now you're getting an eight to one value on him. And I think that you're probably getting a little bit more accurate value on him there. And so at eight to one, that's a horse I'd, I'd like to use underneath in this race. Uh, now I kind of wish I'd forgotten my manners because look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Uh, my top pick is going to be the eight. And it's actually, I'm, I'm pretty certain this one is going to be pronounced Levy. Uh, the reason oh, okay. being, I, 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 since it's a Southern Springs horse, I, it's named for uh, a neighborhood here where I am in, in North Carolina. Uh, not, you that, mean not Eugene Levy? Star no, of Best in no, Show and A Mighty no. Wind? No, no it, okay. it is. I'm pr- pretty certain it is. It is for the Levy <laughs> neighborhood of North Little Rock. Uh, we call those kids Levy rats uh, growing up, you know. Uh, so uh, hopefully this Levy rat is not a rat and gets it done for us. Uh, yeah, you pretty much hit everything there. L- love seeing the class drop. And I don't. There's a little bit of a buyer beware here, isn't there? With as many gate works as this horse has been through on the work tab, because they have worked yeah. this. You're afraid that they've maybe fried its brain. That or it's going to have the greatest gate break of all time because I don't think I've ever seen this many gate workouts back to back to back. No, that's a good point. Uh, it is a lot of gate works back to back to back, and that is a little bit concerning. And I just I wonder, and I don't see that with a lot of other moquette horses. So you do wonder if that's something just very unique to the horse, uh, and kind of if they're trying to drill something out of the horse in terms of the behavior. I mean, the horse you know, does come off slow, but it's not like you ever see, I mean, early in the career, you'd see some, you know, some minor issues at the start, but it was nothing, you know, that was awful. Uh, And, you know, the horse gets away fine, just is a little bit of, you know, slow afoot initially. So I don't know. Um, But the other thing I'll say is it's a gun runner. And, you know, when all else fails, bet gun runner, especially in sloppy conditions, one of our best wet dirt sires that we have actually. Yep. Yep, yep. And my alternate pick was the seven air to greatness. At <laughs> to one. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't think we've had this is literally the most I think we have ever agreed on specific horses. Like cause this this is like four or five at this point. Uh yeah, gotta be gotta be the most by far. Uh you know what? I need to take a step away at least to get some words and some friends, reconsider how I'm handicapping in the process because me and Matthew are agreeing way too much. 
Uh, speaking of agreeing with people, let's talk about Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes. There's tons of fun social features that give you give it the feel of a social betting network. Cut offers a lower VIG and fully customizable odds so you can create your own bets too. Cut handles the payment side so you never have to chase anyone down for money. $2! Social features like group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and more. So reminder, Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to Cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And as always, we're brought to you by the good nerds at Hall of Fame Bets. We want you to win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, soccer and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame Bet's revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark. Join over 30,000 users researching the Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. And, uh, oh yeah, I mentioned that we got sweet new dirty little pig boy shirts that I don't know if, how you can be a fan of the show and not have a dirty little pig boy shirt. So you don't, and you might want to pick one up. Well, guess what? The SGPN merch store has 15% off of everything in the store now until the end of the month using the promo code PLAYOFFS. Or you can just PLAYOFFS. You don't have to spell it like Jim Mora Sr. says it. Uh, We're competing against other shows for a bonus, too. So if you want to help me out, buy some merch. Buy your my favorite item from the shirt from the store. Listen, I, I've got like four of my AI designs designs in there. Jake Packman did a great job with them. They all look fire. Just pick up one of them. And listen, like I said, I'm competing. So you're helping me out. I'll figure out a way to pay it forward. Like I won't give you actual money because that's for me. I earned that. That's my thing. I did that. That's for me. I'll shout you out probably at least. So check out the SGPN merch store. Remember 15% off everything now at the end of the month. Promo code playoffs and Quick rehydration interlude. Bet! Hit me with the horse, man! Y'all ready? Let's go! Let's go! Y'all ready? Let's go! Let's go! Come on! Hey, bite your... I don't know how else to hype people up for a six furlong, $115,000 maiden special weight race four on the Oakland Friday card than than Method Man and Red Man doing a let let me clear my throat. Uh, All right. I'll go ahead. I'll lead it off. This is my chalkiest pick of the card here. My top pick is going to be the nine lemon muffin five to two. Uh, in addition to being delicious, this one has shown the ability to pass horses consistently, but it just hasn't managed to get all the way up. Plus D Wayne Lucas changes this one. The coach puts the Lasix on for the first time uh, as a three-year-old throws the blinks on. Hopefully with all these changes, it helps this one stay focused and get all the way up. Uh, my value pick is going to be the seven Paparina at 10 to one. Keith Asmussen is winning at 17% with Ron Moquette, um, which I don't know what it says about his relationship with his father, that he does not win at near that rate uh, with Steven Asmussen. Uh, but I like the aggressive move, taking the tag off of this one and throwing it in against main special weight company uh, past tired horses last out, maybe could have a little kick 
and has a speed figure that's competitive. Uh, an improvement in the second career start could maybe put this one in the winner's circle. Matthew, what'd you think? Yeah, so we dis- we disagree up top, but we do agree with the same value pick. So Paparina was uh, one that I had identified as well. Uh, I do like that move, you know, up from the claiming ranks into the Maiden special weight. I, we should mention that Maiden claiming debut was over a good track. So this is a horse that is comfortable with a little bit of moisture in the surface, which I think was notable. Uh, and uh, you definitely demonstrated the ability to pass some horses there. Uh, so I like that. My top pick here was uh, number five, Queen Clancy uh for donnie von hemmel and this is a horse that it's just really interesting you don't see many horses do this debut at five and a half go to a mile and a 16th and now we're going back to six and what's interesting is the horse ran well in both situations ran well at five and a half ran well at a mile and a 16th finished second both times um in two completely different riding styles uh tried to wire the field when going long and passed a lot of horses when sprinting. So I love the versatility this one shows. And, you know, that's one that I just think, uh, you know, I think is a a nice horse and it's going to provide a little bit of value up top. Uh, And so that's where I went with six to one with my top pick. Queen Clancy for, uh, was it Toby Keith's outfit, Dreamwalking Farms? There you go. Yeah, there you go. So you're getting into the Arkansas swing of things, picking a Toby Keith horse. I like it. I'm not a Toby Keith. Well, first thing I'll say is Toby Keith, I do not like your music, but I hear that you're going through stomach cancer. And as I know, you are a fan of the show. I just want to say get well, get well soon. Of course. Of course. Of course. course. Race five, six furlongs, $10,000 claiming. Uh, It's on you, man. Time time to lead it off. What'd you think of this race? This is a this is a little bit of a gnarly race, and it's a little bit of a you know I, I don't know. This was one where I was like, ah, I don't really want to go chalky here, and then I you know kind of then when you get past the chalk, you're like, where am I really going in this race? And ultimately, I went to a horseman that I really trust a lot, which is Brett Calhoun, and I ended up on the number six, Awesome View, at nine to two, and that's a horse that you know admittedly did not have a great trip last time out, and you know, was maybe a little too forward and pressing a little too much at this level. And Calhoun, you know, it comes off the claim. And what's interesting is Calhoun doesn't really claim a lot of horses. Uh, And that's an interesting, uh, that now it's in this barn that I typically really have a lot of trust with. And I I just have a tendency, I have a feeling this horse is going to move forward. Uh, And if this horse goes back to what it was running, previous two or three times out that's more than good enough to win here so a little bit of value nine to two as my top pick and then for my value play uh the number one uh lachita uh for kenny jansen uh with uh, de la cruz aboard uh and this is one who listen i know what this horse is going to do it's going to try to wire the field and the inside rail is only going to accentuate that you're the king of this over me but we'll have to see what the inside rail looks like on on friday could be a dead rail could be a golden rail and so depending on that maybe that elevates this horse a little bit more even if the rail is being particularly favorable but this horse is going to go to the front and if it can hang on great uh and if not it's still probably going to hang on for some minor awards and so this is a horse i'd like to use underneath uh even if i don't know if it's necessarily a win candidate well i'm going to go ahead and say that we had the same top pick and as you were saying you know, who your top pick was, who coincidentally was also my top pick. I was like, do you, I was thinking just, dude, do you just want to move to Vermont together? Just me and you. 
What do you think? <laughs> we could just open a Ben and Jerry's like satellite store. Just live and... like an agrarian existence with dogs with bandanas tied around their necks. I could sell some Birkenstocks by the side of the yes. road. Yes. Um, I feel like we could do some folk music together, maybe. And I'm on, I'm yeah. On yeah. Well, I we did differ on the value pick. I, I used the, the nine Scarlet position at 10 to one. Uh, I think this is the perfect mountain post position for Kelsey Har. When I think of Kelsey Har, I think of a ponytail flying up the tractor trail in the middle of the Oaklawn track. And I could see her flying up the tractor trail late on Scarlet position, uh, which is pretty much her patented move. So I I think I'm getting a jockey doing what she does best uh, for, for her, what either fiance or husband. I'm not sure if they tied the knot yet, but it's, it's a horse that's got a little bit of success at, at, you know, Remington park. I feel like it's, in against the right company and at this price i mean it makes the middle move and it's always been deadly at, at oakland park if, if she can get this one going late and she's not scared to to you know get up there if this goes slow to get up there and start mixing it up early to kind of put her horse in the best position to win as opposed to just watching a horse uh run away uh, as it and get smaller as it, as it leaves the field behind so that's that was my value pick, the nine scarlet position at 10 to one. Matthew and I agreed on the top pick, the six awesome view at nine to two. All right, moving on. Race six, six and a half furlong, $115,000 Arkansas bread maiden special weight. It just doesn't sound like it should pay that much, but it does. If you ever want to make millions in horse racing, birth the the ultimate archie bread uh matthew i'm sure you agree i know you agree i've heard you agree before at 1000 percent, as you have said and i have quoted you to so many people a man can make a small fortune if he knows how to breed an arkansas horse that's right <laughs> and i think so people are catching on to it based off of my top yeah. pick here uh i it's gonna be funny i know it. you're gonna have this horse i guarantee you're gonna have this horse my top pick <laughs> is the number six burlsworth that is not my top four pick. Oh, there we go. That's that's fortunate. And uh, how dare you not not take the the horse named for? Uh, By the way, legendary it's my Ar- play. <laughs> oh, there we go. Named for legendary Arkansas Razorback Brandon Burlesworth, God rest his soul, the walk on who became an All American. Uh, they made a movie about him recently. But first time starter for the Southern Springs homebred for for Ron Moquette. This is a practical joke, baby. Which makes the ears perk up a little bit for Arkansas Bread yeah. Company. Uh, some of these horses were $500 for the cover. 500 Practical Joke gets 45000 per cover. This will be a disappointment if this one doesn't run a step in an Archie Bread Company, I think. And so I, I'm, I'm all over Burlesworth here at 6-1. to one. Uh, My value pick is going to be uh, Imperial Shadow. I didn't write the number down. Let me figure out what that is. Oh, nine. Nine. Okay, it's going to be the nine, Imperial Shadow at 20 to one. Uh, there are all sorts of dirty little pig boy angles at play here. Little pig boy comes from the dirt. <laughs> That's why I will allow myself to take a shot at a maiden who's had this many cracks at winning, but it's a class dropper. It's a first-time gelding today, and it's been working consistently. Uh, Matthew, these are always, like... I love these races because I, I like subjecting people uh, to uncomfortable positions. Uh, and I know my guests fucking hate them. So it's always fun to hear people's takes on them. What do you, what did you have for this Arkansas bread made in special weight race? Well, like I said, uh, we 
I, I had Burlesworth as my value play at six to one. And, and like you, I saw a practical joke and I was like, oh, well, this has got to be on my ticket somewhere because like you said, it's just, it's no competition in terms of the sire. And, and then practical joke is such a good sire first time out as well. And dirt sprinting is kind of what he does. Uh, and so uh, that made all the sense in the world. And, uh, you know, it's funny, you can tell I'm not from Arkansas for a variety of reasons, but one of them is uh, that. Um, <laughs> I don't think you meant that as an insult, but it totally could have been. And I love it. That's fantastic. I did, I, did, I did as a tongue in cheek sort of joke, but the, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, part of it is because I've almost read it more as Bullsworth, which is one of my favorite movies from the 1990s with Warren Beatty and Halle Berry, of course, uh, which is both political as well as a rap, uh, just like uh, that's where Ghetto Superstar, uh, yeah. the, uh, the song Ghetto Superstar comes from. So uh, Side, sidebar, if you've ever heard the story of how ODB ended up on Ghetto Superstar, it's insane. I Everything about ODB is insane, so that doesn't surprise me, but I Side, love it. Sidebar to the um, sidebar, fair point about ODB. <laughs> so uh, so definitely like that. Was my top pick in this one, uh, I went to the number seven, God's Country, because, uh, you know, it's God's time uh, in the central time zone, so I figured God's Country would be a good name of a horse to go with in this spot for an Archie bread race. Uh, getting Lasix for the first time, this horse finished third in both of its two races. Actually raced a little bit better on debut, you could argue, earned a higher speed figure over a good track. Again, a race with a little bit of moisture in the dirt, uh, and I just think this horse now, the one issue here is this horse has not really shown the ability to pass other horses, breaks pretty well and kind of runs evenly, um, but does get the addition of Lasix now. And uh, I just think this horse uh, at four to one, you're getting a little bit of value. And uh, that was where I went with my top pick, but definitely like Burlesworth as well. It's, I'm always so glad that Starfish stables like that their that their logo isn't like a starfish on, on their silks because it would just look like a butthole moving at you very very fast so let's move on uh, before i offend anybody else with this arkansas bread before i burn any more bridges with arkansas breeders and trainers uh race seven six furlongs ten thousand dollars been seeing these a lot lately and i gotta tell you i kind of like this condition uh not winners of three lifetime claiming all uh, right uh matthew Where'd you go with this? Yes, yeah, so I went to the number four, Mr. Sharpie at nine to two for my top pick for Todd Jordan with Kylie aboard. And uh, this is one who, again, kind of, uh, you know, just got claimed uh, and is, you know, has some races to run back to. I think what is particularly of note, you know, you talk about looking at speed figures that fit the conditions in which they're going to run on the day. It's not a mistake that this is my top pick. And this is a horse that ran its best career race over a wet track. Uh, two out ago, a sloppy sealed track at Indiana Grand and ran a hole in the wind, finished second by a neck, uh, but ran a 78 buyer speed figure. That would absolutely be more than enough to win this race. So uh, that was where I went with my top selection. And then for my value play, I went to the number seven, Rakatap Tap at eight to one. And this is one, you know, who we talked about that middle move. This is a horse that can make that middle move. Uh, did that last time out, passed a bunch of horses, came up third at this level or a little bit below this level, um, but has some versatility, can go to the lead, has that sort of ability to, to flash a little bit of speed, but I think will probably be sitting more of a tracking trip, which I think is going to be beneficial uh, under the conditions that we're going to see on Friday. So uh, I went 4-7 as my top in value play. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and hit on uh, Rack Tap. Look at us. Hey. 
Yeah, I'm not even going to play the whole quote. It's it, like <laughs> Paul Paul Rudd will be coming for me for money if I played that every time that we agreed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked Rakitap. Here's something I noticed with Rakitap is that the last three times this horse has raced, the winner of the race that it was in has produced been a next out winner. So it's yeah. racing like double winners, basically. Uh, so it's been facing some pretty tough competition. That's why I like Rakitap. And then the horse that I liked, I, I honestly... When I look at these horses, I, I can't say that they're they're very different. Uh, I had the one invariably. The only difference is the is the post draw really. Uh, uh, middle move should be good here. Go good to go here at Oakland Park with some pace to run into. This one has run decent at OP before. Uh, though it never won, but ran decent here. And I think this one could easily take a step forward and make a move towards rounding into form today. Uh, it, it will probably have to be content sitting the pocket trip to do it. Who knows, maybe we get the rail and trail bias where if the rail opens up, a horse can skate up that or skate wide, gives that horse some options. But I used the one invariably because it looked pretty much the same to Rakitap to me, the seven. Yeah. All right, we are on to yet another, but the last, I will say, maiden special weight race. And this was only $72,000, six furlongs, 72000 for the little people out there. Maiden special weight. Uh, right. I will lead it off. Uh, this is my second chalkiest pick. Uh, Christian Torres, uh, we need you big time. Uh, I'm on the sixth spiritual lady at three to one. If, if Christian has a good day, then I have a great day. Uh, this one gets a wider draw than the chalk, which I like, and it's been on a steady improve each race. It's run. Uh, it just might be this one's turn to win quite honestly. And the value play is number 12. No pay. No hay at 20 to one. I love the widest post when these fields get this big. Uh, should improve second off the layoff and second on the local track. Uh, first out of the Dio born. So maybe she's got some of that Dio form still on her here. So I, I like the 12, no pay, no hay at 20 to one as a big time value play. Yeah. So we, we actually don't have to pay Paul Rudd any thing this race because we are not on the same two horses for like the first time i think in this entire card we don't have an overlap um so i'm on my top choice as number four happy and smiling nine to two for john ortiz with ricardo santana jr aboard those two uh, are pretty successful teaming up 20 percent winners with a 235 flat roi uh over the last year at oaklawn and this is one coming out of open company maiden special weight and we should point out this is a restricted maiden special weight race so uh that, that's why it's for the little people and uh and ah, so thank you i did not it, notice that at all i thought i just thought it was a straight up cheaper purse thank you for catching that <laughs> yeah no so it, so the fact that this is a horse that was running against unrestricted company i think you know the fact that it finished fifth or sixth early on i'm not as discouraged by um getting lasix for the first time john ortiz is a barn i just always I have a lot of faith in, and I think this horse can show a little bit more uh, this time next time out at nine to two. You're getting a little bit more price, and I don't like the chalk uh, as you don't as well. The number one uh, when I look at you, only because I am o for eighty seven thousand when choosing uh, Ken McPeak horse. So uh, this will inevitably ensure that he wins by fifteen lengths. Um, That's a pretty healthy sample size, I will just say for the I, record. Honest to God. I, I've actually gotten to the point where I've told my colleagues if I submit a picks analysis with a Ken McPeak horse up top to send it back to me, like it's I just don't let me freaking do it anymore uh, because all the time I'm like, oh, that, you know, smile happy makes some sense, runs like a freaking donkey. 
anyway, uh, just, you know, dead last. What an idiot. So uh, anyway, my value play, though, is the number five bent halo 15 to one. Um, this is a horse that is actually making the same sort of jump we talked about earlier uh, with regards to going out from the maiden claiming into the maiden special weight company. And I, which is a move I actually kind of like, uh, and this one maybe a little bit more of an underneath play, but the trainer is seven for 11 in the money, uh, at Oakland this year. So, uh, that, that's, you know, certainly encouraging. And like I said, it has a more of a kind of a forward to tracking running style, which I think is going to be beneficial here. Uh, shouldn't fade as much the second time out. It'll have a little bit more uh, conditioning. So uh, at 15 to one, I think that one's kind of interesting uh, at a big price. And I should point out that the number four, Happy and Smiling, who I mentioned is my top pick, is coming out of that same race as Lemon Muffin, who you mentioned as the Dwayne Lucas horse you liked a couple races ago. So that, you know, that might be something early in the card if lemon muffin runs really well and wins maybe this is a horse that then you elevate that's a very good call that is a very good call and i i like you also am a fan of, of johnny ortiz I, I do like the the horses that he usually puts out there uh you know what's funny is like i i get very starstruck by people and like i saw johnny ortiz at the track the other day and wanted to be like hey i know i, I know who you are but i figured an adult man walking up to him and say hey i know who you are uh might be kind of creepy so I, and John I Ortiz, that. can I tell you John RT story very quick? Sure. Absolutely. So this is two stories and it starts with Aiden O'Brien, but, uh, last two years ago or a year and a half ago, I was in the paddock, uh, with name drop Sarah L. Bodwi, uh, if at the Breeders' Cup. And I, uh, I, I almost never say anything to anybody in those circumstances. Like I shut up. They don't, they're about to, they're in their mode and I just stay out of the way. And I'm like, I'm a freaking idiot who talks about horses running in circles. They don't need to hear anything from me. Right. But for some reason, uh, it was the race that Meditate ended up winning uh, that day at the Breeders' Cup. It was on Juvenile Friday. And Aiden O'Brien was literally a foot and a half in front of me. And had just given Ryan Moore a leg up. And there was nobody else around. It was like Aiden, Sarah, and me. And I just, like a total fanboy, just said, good luck, Aiden. And he turned around and said, oh, thank you. And went on his way. And then proceeded to win three Breeders' Cup races. Uh, which was, of course, me, you know, giving him the good luck. Now, fast forward to this summer at Saratoga. I have not, again, said anything to anybody in the paddock since that moment with Aiden O'Brien. I see John Ortiz before the spinaway where uh, Brightworks runs, and I go, good luck, John. And he turns around and goes, hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Brightwork wins. All I'm saying is if you were a trainer and you were listening to this, you want to win big races, invite me to the track, have me in the paddock, I will wish you good luck, and you will win races. This is a pretty one-to-one correlation. I don't see, uh, you know, the issues here. But that's why I like John Ortiz. Uh, the, the one time I got to hang out in, in the paddock with uh, Diodora when they were supposed to be saddling this horse, uh, it acted up and they didn't even bring the horse into the paddock. So it was just us. Like, we were just fucking talking about hockey with Dio. Like, it which was <laughs> pretty fun. He's a really nice guy. He's an extremely nice guy, in fact. Yeah, no, he's uh, a, he's, I know he's a very cool guy. No. Race nine, six furlongs, $140,000. 
non-winners of two lifetime. Look, I haven't had to say anything about weird conditions. You you caught me on the conditions for the maiden special weight. Look at this. This is haunt you, man. Things going off without a hitch, kind of. Race six, hundred forty thousand dollars. Non-winners of two lifetime allowance. Or sorry, race nine, six furlong. What did I say about hitches and not whatever? Never mind. All right, Matthew, uh, save me from myself. Well, we're going to go back to John Ortiz, my friends. And we're going to go to the number two as my top choice. Happy is a choice. Nine to two uh, for the aforementioned John Ortiz with Vasquez aboard. This is a horse coming second back from a 13-month layoff. And uh, I ran a pretty nice race. Uh, first off the bench, actually earned a career best buyer speed figure in that race in 82. One of the angles I always like to play is when a horse comes off a layoff and runs a career best. I love using that horse next time out because it usually insinuates there is yet another level for that horse to reach. Uh, so I will use that horse at nine to two as my top pick. Uh, in addition to the fact that, uh, um, you know, some of the other horses in this race, I just, I don't necessarily, you know, a horse like Bourbon Bash is one for 19 and it's just hard to really trust a horse like that uh, as a top pick. So you're automatically, or at least I am going to try to find somebody else uh, and I thought that was one who had some sufficient upside. And then for my value play, I'm going to the far outside, maybe barring a little bit of an angle from you in terms of these big fields going after number 12, uh, Homestad at eight to one for Joe Sharp. Uh, you know, getting the blinkers put on, I think will help keep this horse a little bit focused, get this horse engaged early. Uh, but this is one who I think, you know, you can toss maybe the last effort out, which was, you know, off pretty slow. But this is a horse that was, you know, placed into a, uh, stakes race two back and you know it's clearly had some expectations there so I think there's a horse that could kind of get back to uh, on the right side of things with the, the equipment change and uh, so I'm going to go with the 12 at 8 to 1 it's my value play look at us hey yeah uh, that's actually my top pick is going to be the 12 Holmes. I love it yeah, uh, it, it's got sort of things that I that I'm definitely a, a sucker for. Like you did mention that the outside post there. Plus, we had the blinkers for Joe Sharp. Uh, it's not something you can you can overlook there. Uh, you know, first start with blinkers. He's hitting at 15 percent with a healthy 93 uh, race sample size. So let's go ahead and give you my value pick. Who's actually uh, I I think based off of how we both like Homestead, I think this one goes off as a longer price since the Ford Distorted Pro at six to one. Um, with Distorted Pro, uh, I, I kind of think, honestly, whatever horse breaks to the lead gets the job done in this race as the track is drying out. And I think that if not Homestead, then Distorted Pro was kind of my my reasoning behind the, the value for for uh, for that. Either one, honestly, might present value. This might be a value pick and a value pick, but uh, I, I liked Homestead, but I also did like Distorted Pro as, as a horse that could maybe sneakily get out to the front. If we catch good rail, who knows? Maybe this is the you know this is the most inwardly drawn speed, which is always lethal anytime you catch a good rail. So I, I you know, unless I see a bias that uh, that says that that won't happen, that I think Distorted Pro has a really good shot of maybe doing that sort of thing, even though it didn't necessarily fall into my handicapping. Uh, it, it's one of those things where you sometimes you have to step outside of your routine and and see something that that's kind of it might well, I thought was fairly obvious in terms of the pace setup. All right. Are you ready to bring it home, Matthew? By round of applause, show me how you feel. There we go. Well, it doesn't feel great, folks. All right. Race 10, eight and a half furlong, $62,000, $62,500. Not winners of two somethings. I'm not your condition reader. I got to say it. Optional claiming. Uh, top pick is going to be the six. 
Winnemac Avenue at nine to two. And I can already see Matthew's face. <laughs> so I think I know who he likes. The pace fits perfect for a horse with a little closing kick. And I think that Winnemac Avenue has the biggest closing kick in the race. Uh, this is my top pick of the horses that uh, that can come from off the pace or use the middle move to win. But this may be a, a how many salmon type race if you're if you're playing horizontally. Uh, I like Winnemac Avenue to close, but all sorts of th- there's all th- sorts of things that can happen to a closer that doesn't happen to a horse that likes to run up front. There's traffic. There's things like that. Uh, there, there's, you know, not having the right path. You're running into a wall of horses. You ride your horse into a vice. So my value pick is going to be the same kind of thing. And I honestly see these two as interchangeable. It's the three escapologist at five to one. Uh, I see these two as interchangeable. And the only reason it's the value pick is because it's a half a tick higher on the morning line odds. Matthew, uh, agree with me. Look at us. Look, look at, at us. us. Just look at us. Who'd have thought? Um, not only do we have the same top pick. We have the same value play. Um, and, I, 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 you know, I, I, I concur. It's, you know, from the, uh, uh, oh, God, uh, Catch Me If You Can, uh, the funny movie when he's playing should've, a doctor. Concur. And just, why, just concur. Uh, should have concurred. Know, just concur. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, listen, the six just makes a ton of sense. Uh, I think, you know, can sit that right type of trip. Uh, to stay out of too much trouble, but can sit off the pace and I think can close effectively. So uh, definitely like that one at the right price. Uh, and then the escapologist is kind of kind of your deep closer in this field. And, uh, you know, the only reason maybe it wasn't up top is because it was Ken McPeak and I'm never on the right side of those horses. So uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that horse kind of jumped off the page at me as well. I will say if you're going to, just as an alternative, uh, to what we were talking about. Um, I do think the one notary is is a little bit interesting as well at seven to two. Uh, you know, obviously I, I contemplated using that one as my top pick. Uh, I kind of went back and forth and that's one which has been very consistent the last few times out. Armando Hernandez, the trainer clearly is getting something out of that horse uh, now and has performed in a lot of different tracks. And I actually is something I like to see a horse that can take its show on the road has run, run well at Hawthorne. Churchill Downs, Thistledown, Oak Lawn, just kind of shows up and is professional everywhere. We'll get the inside trip, uh, ground-saving trip going two turns. So I, that wouldn't shock me if I saw the, the one get uh, the right trip and win, uh, but a little bit better value on the uh, on the six and certainly on the three. I'll throw out another one since we both agreed. Let's give let's give the people some, some variety here. Uh, the four lucky boss, uh, once again, yep. the, the how many salmon question, lucky boss. Uh, if you're not scared of a horse coming off of a huge figure, well, that horse is coming off of a huge figure. So if you're not afraid of regression, you think it takes a step forward, lucky boss. And who knows, like I said, the race just might shake out well for lucky boss to, to run. You know, by that, the way, that, was, should, that wasn't the horse mention, tacked on. Cause I'm terrible at listening as you're aware. We should also mention that this race features our Magnac who was in the Preakness. Um, uh, Armagnac, my friend. Armagnac. Armagnac. Yeah, yes, know. like like the the French uh, aperitif for I can't remember if it's aperitif or digestive. Yeah, but that was but, just. I mean, so that's uh, you know so that's that's a horse that people will know, uh, and and you know you know even the casual racing fan will uh, hear with. So uh, yeah, but I you know I think both of us are staying away from the number five U.S. Army who ran a huge figure last time out at Remington Park and is now stepping up to Oak Lawn. Um, 
yeah, I root for horses like this that are coming from secondary tracks and now kind of stepping up to uh, the bigger leagues. But uh, that just feels like maybe a little bit of a false number uh, that last time out. And everything else that horse has done leading up to this race wouldn't necessarily put that horse in the winner's circle, especially at a short price. So uh, yeah. I'm just a little bit more buyer beware on that one. I, I know it's uh, for people who are out there or thoroughgraphs players, it's a word that is uh, uh, a dirty word, uh, but just it it just smacks of bounce to the moon pretty much yeah. after. I'm not sure what the buyer is, but I can tell you it's a 104 Briz fig coming off of an 89 the race before that, never topping out uh, higher than a 93. Uh, yeah, that, so but, yeah. from a buyer standpoint, it's a 98 buyer. Race before was an 85 uh, and never ran better than an 85 as well. So um now i will say those last two efforts that were an 85 and a 98 over a muddy track so Fair. you know maybe this is a horse that really likes to be on the slot but uh willing to play against this one with i think a little bit of a more class test here and that's it that's 10 races we've given you a top pick we've given you a value pick hey matthew why don't you let the, the folks know what what they can expect from you uh with uh, naira bets coming up soon well, listen, if, if you're not following me already on Twitter, make sure to do so on uh, Twitter at Failed to Menace. Uh, and we got a lot of content coming up here on Naira Betts. So uh, obviously this week we have a lot of Pegasus Week content at Gulfstream Park, a Pegasus World Cup, the Turf Invitational, the whole nine yards. Uh, on Friday afternoon, the talented and fantastic Acacia Courtney and I will be doing a uh, Courtney Clement. I don't mean to throw any shade at Miguel, but uh, the Acacia Courtney Clement will be doing a live stream together on, on the X on the Twitter. Uh, and so we'll be doing that. There's weekly track stats where I update track trends at Oaklawn, Aqueduct, Santa Anita, Tampa Bay Downs, Gulfstream Park. So if you play any of those tracks, it's worth checking that stuff out. Uh, and then obviously a lot of stuff leading up to the Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Derby contenders list, all sorts of picks and previews of those big races. So lots of content on Naira bets. And the best part is obviously we hope you use Naira bets if you play, because we, we have a lot of promos with Oaklawn and other tracks, but, uh, even if you don't, all that content is free. So, uh, just make sure to check it out and, uh, appreciate those folks who do. There we go. Make sure you give Matthew a follow. Like I always say, he failed to menace, but he succeeded to steal America's heart. And I can't let an Acacia Courtney Clement reference go without reminding everyone that I once made her feel super uncomfortable at an embassy suites in La Jolla, California. <laughs> True story. All right. That's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTB. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, I've got uh, the other half of the Going in Circles podcast joining me, Mr. Chuck Simon, uh, coming in. We're going to be talking about Pegasus Day. We're going to be talking about all the graded stakes on Pegasus Day, Pegasus Day, giving you our plays for every single one of those races. And then on uh, Friday, I got Mr. Andy McNamara from, McNamara from uh, Railbirds joining. Uh, we're going to play a little do daily double. He's going to talk about a little bit of what he's got going on at Railbirds. So check that out. And oh, don't forget, you've got the, the the dope AI design shirts and then also the little pig boy shirt in the SGPN merch store. Make sure to give those a check out and then put it in your cart and then check out and use that code. Playoffs. So you get 15% off. That's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network for myself and for Matthew DeSantis. We will see you later. Later.